Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Everything that God does in your life or even allows to happen to you is a preparation for what lies ahead of you. God has his plan and purpose for all of our lives individually and corporately as part of his body. And in these last few weeks, as we've begun to meet together again, we've, we've seen how God is progressively taking us step by step further into his purposes how everything that he's been doing during this period of lockdown has been a preparation, as we heard last week, a preparation for what he is going to be doing. We heard that very powerful testimony of Roger and how God took him through the whole process of grieving. And even when we go through experiences like that, God brings us out a more refined person than we were before. And that means that he will be able to use us more effectively. It doesn't mean that he always wants all the trials and tribulations that we go through in the world, but he redeems every situation. He uses every situation. He teaches us to look for the good in every situation that arises. Because he is the redeemer, he will always bring good out of what seems to be the most dire of circumstances. And that's because he's always working for our good, because we love him and are called according to his purpose. Now we're in the middle of this course of Jesus said. And this morning we're focusing on the fact that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. In other words, this is to be the priority in your life that seeking the kingdom is more important than anything else in the whole of your life. And the whole of the gospel is really the gospel about the kingdom of God. We see in this scripture from Mark chapter 1, these are the first recorded words that Jesus spoke during his ministry. In the truth version, it is time, Jesus said, God's kingdom is now within your reach. Turn away from your lives of sin and believe the good news that you can have a new and better life. And we are privileged to have received that new and better life. And of course, it is in the Sermon on the Mount, which really is a sermon about all the principles of kingdom living here on earth, 
that Jesus made this statement about seeking first the kingdom. He said, let the kingdom of heaven and living in a right relationship with God be your priorities. Then he makes this amazing promise. Then everything else you need will be given to you as well. It always interests me that when Jesus spoke about the kingdom, he used parables. It says that he never spoke without using parables. And these are parables about the kingdom. And he said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like treasure that a man finds in the field. And he goes and he sells everything that he has in order that he might have the treasure. Now, it's interesting that Jesus did not say that he is the treasure, but the kingdom is the treasure. And then there's another similar parable about the merchant that found the pearl of great price and he went and sold everything that he had in order that he might possess this pearl. In other words, Jesus is saying, what matters to you more than anything else in your life is that you possess the kingdom. Not just possess Jesus, but possess his kingdom. Now, we believe that Jesus is Lord and King. Amen. So where is he now? Well, we've been worshipping him. We've been worshipping as people of the kingdom already this morning that he is the king of glory, that he is the king who is ruling and reigning in heaven, having overcome through the power of his blood every negative that can afflict mankind. But then when we look at the scripture, we see that the secret of the Christian life is that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Now, does this mean that there are two Christs? The one who is reigning in glory in heaven and the one who is living in you? Obviously not. They're one and the same Christ. So what does that mean? Well, Jesus didn't want people just to know him as Jesus, but he wanted that king of glory to be within our lives. We have the spirit of the risen, ascended, triumphant, glorified Christ within us. If you are born again, that is the life you have within you. You can't feel that life, but you can believe that life. And when you believe that life and depend upon that life, you see that life being outworked in your life. So what does this mean in practice? When Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom, the kingdom, of course, we know is, is not a place. Look at this scripture from Luke, uh, chapter 12. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it has already pleased the Father to give you his kingdom. 
So he's already given us this kingdom where Jesus Christ is reigning in glory as king. And then a little later in Luke 17, we read this. Some Pharisees asked Jesus when God's kingdom would come. He answered them, God's kingdom does not come by looking for it. Neither will you be able to say it is here or it is over there, for God's kingdom is within you. This kingdom of glory is within you. This kingdom where Jesus is enthroned is within you. What does this mean? It means that Jesus has come to establish his throne in your heart and life. Yes, he's reigning the throne in glory, but his throne is also to be within you. We worship the Lord in glory, but actually you're worshiping the one who is also alive within you because it's the same king of glory. So God's purpose is that we should live enthroned lives. Or to put it more accurately, he should live his enthroned life through us. Because there's nothing we can do in the weakness of our humanity to compare with that victorious life of heaven. But Jesus has put that kingdom of heaven, that kingdom of God, that throne within your heart. What is this going to mean in practice? Well, it's going to mean that your heart, of course, is submitted to him, to his heart, that every day you're living with the knowledge Jesus Christ is enthroned in me. Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper, didn't he? Live in me and I will continue to live in you. When he was talking about being the true vine and they the branches of the vine and his father the one who prunes the vine. How does the father prune your life? Well, he prunes your life by taking out of your life everything through which Jesus Christ cannot reign. He can't reign in sin. And yet he is enthroned within you. He can't reign in disobedience. And yet he is enthroned within you. He can't reign in selfishness. And yet he is enthroned within you. So those things and other negative things, we could list a whole stream of things. But all those negative things are completely contradictory to the rule, the reign, if you like, the throne of Christ in our lives. So God gets rid of them. He doesn't judge us and condemn us for those things. He just says, I want them out of your life. I don't want you just to ask for forgiveness because you realize those things are not good, they're not right, they're not pleasing to me. I want you to be rid of them. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not just forgiveness of sins. Repentance is turning away from those things 
through which Jesus Christ cannot exercise his reign. Now, I want to share with you, because God laid this on my heart. I hadn't, to be honest, thought of this for some while. But a vision that God gave to us here at Kingdom Faith some years ago. Now, a vision is different from having a sort of a mental picture of something, or like a prophetic picture when you're praying. A vision is like a movie. You see things unfolding, you see things happening, you, you see what God is, is doing or is going to do. The book of Revelation is a series of visions that, was, that were given to John. You read in chapter 6 of Isaiah the vision that Isaiah had in the temple where he actually saw things happen, heard things happening. He was in the middle of the movie. The same with Ezekiel and, and with several of the other prophets who had these visions of God. And in this vision, God likened here, us here at Kingdom Faith to being a city. Now, one of the descriptions of the church, biblically, is that the church is to be a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. And in this city, it was surrounded by high protective walls. And Jesus was enthroned in this city. And he was enthroned in this city because he was enthroned in the hearts of everyone who belonged to this city, of all the inhabitants of this city, of everyone of us at that time when he was speaking that was part of kingdom faith. And he showed us that this city, this citadel really, where God has established his throne among his people and within his people, because the scripture says the kingdom of God is within us and the kingdom of God is among us, that this, this city was guarded by angels. And nobody who did not belong could actually survive in this city. You remember Jesus in one of his uh, parables talked about a man who was in the kingdom without a wedding garment. He was immediately thrown out. The wedding garment is, of course, being clothed with Christ, being clothed with his righteousness. It's, it's what he has clothed us with, with that makes it possible for us to be part of his kingdom, part, if you will, of this city. So every one of us was secure in this city, kept safe in this city because of the rule and the reign of, of Jesus over this city and within this city. And all these angels were guarding and protecting the city. But of course the city had gates and the purpose was not to leave the inhabitants of the city locked up in the city, but to send them out into the world. And this city was surrounded by the world. 
And in this world, in this vision, there were various obstacles, if you like, bits of forest and this and that and the other, where the enemy was hiding and where the enemy was ready to attack anybody that left the, the city, the, the protection of the city walls. But the purpose of the king who was reigning over this city was to send everybody out and they would accomplish what he sent them to do and then they would return to the city giving thanks and praise to God for what he had enabled them to do. And in this vision, as people went out, so angels went out with them. Some of the angels that were guarding the city went with them. They were unseen, but they were there protecting them from the ravishes of the evil one, from what he was wanting to do to try to get them to disassociate themselves with this sovereign rule and reign of Jesus Christ. And the purpose of them going out was to bring, the, the, the purpose of, of, of the citizens of this kingdom going out was to bring more people into the city, into the kingdom. So they would go out with these angels protecting them and they would return bringing others with them. And those that they brought with them were then part of this sovereign rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Whereas they belonged to the world, now when they were brought into this city, they belonged to God and his throne was established in their hearts. And so the citizens of the kingdom was sent out of, of, this, of this city, was sent out to actually promote or enlarge, if you like, the kingdom of God, impacting more and more people. And I believe it's significant that many of you are going through this evangelism course with Pastor Andy Elms because there's no revival without concern for the lost. God is not interested in reviving simply for the, sense, for, for the sake of reviving people, giving them a nice experience of the Holy Spirit. God only revives people because they want to participate in his kingdom purposes. And those kingdom purposes are that Jesus Christ should rule and reign in our lives, but also that we should see the kingdom extended. And a few weeks ago, I was talking about that and how God's kingdom works according to definite principles, laws of the kingdom. It's not an unruly kingdom. And that God's purpose for everyone in this kingdom, or in this city, in the vision, is that they become more and more like Jesus. So he is working within them as they acknowledge him within this city, as they praise him as the king, as he impacts them more and more with their Holy Spirit, so that as they go out, they become more and more effective in their witness. And they see more and more people coming into the kingdom, not just into the church, but coming into the kingdom of God as a result of their witness. It was a very powerful vision that had a great impact upon us at the time. 
And uh, God was reminding me in the middle of the night when I was praying about this morning, reminded me of this. And so this is exactly what he wants to see happening now. That we've come to the point where we all, each and every one of us, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is on the throne of our hearts. Now that means he's running things. He is ruling, he is reigning according to his word, according to his spirit. That you're no longer running your own life. But the triumphant king who has set up his throne in your heart, he is now in charge. He is now ruling and reigning through your life. And yes, he will bless you and keep you under the protection of that city with angels to guard and keep you. But he is also sending everybody out to have an impact upon others to see the kingdom come and his will done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a very simple message. It's not one that is difficult to understand. It's very clear. We are always, always, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, in the presence of the King of Heaven. And the King of Heaven is always within you. He doesn't come visiting when you're having a good day or when you have some kind of need and so you start to pray with much more passion and urgency than you do normally. He is always there. He has promised he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will be with us always. So obviously, he does deal with the things that are not worthy of his divine and holy presence, of his kingly sovereign rule within us. But think for a moment of all the privileges and advantages that you have because God has set up his throne in your heart. You see, the one who sits on the throne reigns. He reigns over all. This is not some little potentate. This is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has the authority over all the power of the evil one. He has conquered sin. He has actually overcome sinners. He has overcome death. There's nothing left for him to accomplish. He's done it all. And what Jesus is impressing upon the disciples and what Paul and the other apostles 
impact the church, the truth with which they impact the church is that God who sets up his throne in your heart gives you his authority, his kingdom authority over all the powers of the evil one, over the power of sin, even over the power of death. He has given us that authority. And there's no point in having authority if you don't use and exercise that authority. One of the things that God is impressing upon me again and again is, he says, Colin, use all the authority I have given you to the full. Don't just pray nice prayers. Exercise your authority. Command mountains to be moved. But of course, Jesus says that when you do that, you have to believe that they will be moved. Why? Because God has given you the authority to move them. Does that mean that everything will turn out in exactly the way that we want? No, because we're not God. If we were actually God, then we could determine that everything we want would happen as a result of our prayer. But God is wise enough not to give anybody that kind of power. Satan, as Lucifer in heaven, tried to take that power from himself and immediately got thrown out of heaven. So we don't take any power or authority from God for ourselves. It's what he has given us. It's what he works through us. So Jesus says to the disciples, don't, don't go out yet and share the, the good news about the kingdom, even though they'd seen him raise, raised from the dead. Wait to receive the power from on high. And when they receive the Holy Spirit, the power from on high, then nothing could stop them. They poured out of the upper room where they received into the streets of Jerusalem. The crowds gathered and 3,000 were saved. This is why it's so important for us to be worshipping at the throne, not singing songs to Jesus, but worshipping at the throne, meeting with him in his holiness, meeting with him in his glory. If you haven't caught up with it, I, you'd be blessed if you, if you look at the Jesus image worship that you can get on YouTube. It's not, you, can't, you can't sit and watch it. You have to participate in it. And I mean, that is the closest thing historically that I've ever seen on YouTube to uh, the worship that we have had throughout the history of kingdom faith. Just meeting with God in his holiness. Meeting with him in his glory. The sheer power of his presence. We had a little touch of it this morning. But there's so much more that God wants to release into our lives in terms of that worship. I really miss the Bible college because we could spend time morning after morning just worshiping. It wouldn't matter if, if, if sometimes the lectures got delayed because worshiping the Lord was more important than the lectures. But we can't look back, we look forward. <laughs> so now we are the worshippers. 
We always were, of course, but we, we are those who God wants to meet with him around his throne. And, and if you can understand me, you see, the more you meet with God around his throne, um, and that's exactly what we're bidden to do, aren't we, in the epistle to Hebrews, to draw near to the throne of grace and there we'll find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, to come right into the Holy of Holies because that is the throne of grace, yes? Right into the Holy of Holies, meet with God in his holiness. The more we do that, the more the throne of God within your heart comes to life and power. Why? Because you're meeting with the same Christ the Christ in glory is the Christ in you. And the more you meet with him in his glory, the more that glory gets released in you. So that's why our worship is so important. Worship is not a preliminary to the word. Worship is the most important part of any meeting. The word comes out of the worship, out of our relationship with God. So I, I said a few weeks ago that I was going to do a series of teachings, of keynotes on the principles of the kingdom or the laws of the kingdom that Jesus talks about, the laws that are therefore to operate in our lives because Jesus is enthroned. Well, I hope that we'll be able to begin to get these online in a couple of weeks. It's been delayed a bit because of the move of the offices from uh, from. Rafi to here and all that's needed to be done to turn this place from a television studio, which it has been for over a year, to back into a meeting hall. There's been so much for a relatively few people that have had to do that. They've had to do that. Things like this have just needed to be delayed a little bit. But I hope within the next couple of weeks, we'll begin to um, be able to understand these principles that enable the rule and the reign of Christ to be seen in our lives. Let me just give you a little example of what I mean. You see, one of these principles or laws of the kingdom is, is uh, the law of giving and receiving. You'll find that these laws are all the way through the New Testament in both the Gospels and the Epistles. The measure you give is the measure you get back. You reap what you sow. Give and it will be given to you. That's one of the principles by which God works. God always works by the principles of the kingdom. He never works outside these principles. So this is why it's so important for us to know and to understand them and to make sure that they're operating in our lives. And then there is also the law of multiplication. You see that as we give, so he gives back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's another principle that whatever you give, he gives infinitely more back. And so there's the, these kind of principles, I'll, I'll speak about them in much more detail when I do that series of teachings. But God wants us to, to see these, these laws, these principles operating in our lives. They're not like the legalistic religious laws of the old covenant. 
This is the law of life of which the New Testament speaks. The law of God's life, of Christ's life in us, of Christ's sovereign rule and reign within our lives. But you see, if you don't operate according to these principles, like forgive and you will be forgiven. But if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You see, if you don't operate according to the principles, then you don't see the results that you want to see. A lot of people try to receive from God, but without giving. I don't mean giving money, but, but just being giving people, giving in whatever way, giving love, giving time and so on. Now, just as I draw this to a close, just come back to this vision of the city. What God showed us in this vision was the people within that city who all acknowledged Jesus Christ as king, enthroned among them and enthroned within their hearts, was that they loved one another. They never judged one another. They never criticized one another. They never spoke evil of one another or of their leaders. They loved were compassionate, were merciful, were gracious. Why? Because they were living the life of the kingdom. And you see the new law, command, that Jesus gave to go with the new commandment, to, to go with the new covenant, is you are to love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. And that's another principle of the kingdom. That you lay down your life for the king and therefore for others. So, this is exciting. And I know you can hardly contain yourselves with excitement. <laughs> Why is this so exciting? Because God is the God of perfect timing. And God would not bring us this message and remind us of this vision unless it was about to take place. unless we are about to see a fresh release of the Spirit, the fact that many people are getting motivated to reach out to others with the gospel, that, that's part of it, isn't it? But what God is waiting for, you know, lots of people wait for revival, but actually the truth is God is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to be submitted and surrendered to him as king. The one who rules and reigns in your heart. The one who is in charge. The one who is in control.
the one who guards you by your life within that city, the one who will go out and send angels with you as you go out in his name, protecting you from the paths of the evil one. The one who will enable you to triumph and to overcome because he always leads us in his triumphant procession. The king of heaven is in your heart. That new heart that he gave you as a born again believer. Let him rule and reign in your life. And you will have all the benefits of the kingdom. Everything else will be added unto you. You won't have to fear anything or lack anything. Everything will be taken care of by Jesus. That's his promise. Let's all stand. I want you to stand at home too. Because we're standing before the throne of God at this moment. We're standing before the throne of heaven. <clears throat> Look to the one who is on the throne. Just begin to worship him. Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when you look upon this child, your grace abounds to me. Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me, your grace abounds to me, your grace abounds to me, your grace abounds to me. I exalt you, I exalt you, I exalt you, oh 
exalt you. I exalt you. I exalt you. Oh Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Oh Lord, you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. Oh Lord, you are mighty. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are mighty. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. King of glory. King of glory. King of glory, King of glory, King of glory, oh Lord. I believe God wants each one of us to assert afresh this morning Jesus Christ, King of glory, you live you reign and you rule in my heart. Shall we all affirm that together? Jesus Christ, King of glory, you live and reign and rule in my heart. I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and I believe that all else will be added to me according to the promise of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have made me part of your city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden where you rule and reign in the hearts and lives of everyone who is a citizen in that city.
And thank you, Lord, that iron angels guard us and keep us. And as we go out in your name, they go with us to guard us and keep us from the evil one. Thank you that we have the shield of faith, which overcomes all the fiery darts of the evil one. And we praise you, Lord, that you are going to make us here in kingdom faith more and more fruitful and effective in our witness to others, that we will be bringing more and more people back into the city with us. That as we go out in your name, we will not come back alone, but we'll gather others, we'll bring others with us by your grace. That we will have a greater and greater impact upon the lives of others simply because you are exercising your rule and your reign in our hearts and lives. And we give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for each one of us. Thank you that in your love you deal with all the things in our hearts and lives that are a contradiction to your reign. Thank you that you haven't judged us or condemned us. You haven't criticized us or demoted us. But far from it, Lord, you work within us to free us and liberate us from all those things that are a contradiction to the life of Christ in us. And we thank you, Lord, that as there are less and less of those negative things, more and more of the positive life and power of your kingdom within us is going to be manifested and made real in our experience. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord, that we were created by you and for you, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. And we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, 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 Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. Jesus is King, 
Jesus is King. 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 And we thank you, Lord, that you are going to be glorified in the lives of each one of us, glorified in the life of kingdom faith, causing each of us to become more and more fruitful for your glory, causing kingdom faith to fulfill all the good plans and purposes you have for us. And we bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. Just before you sit, you know, when the group were leading us in worship earlier, it was great the way they were just leading us before the holiness of God, repeating those very simple truths, singing them again and again. When you do, when, when, when the Spirit of God begins to move like that, just enter and see yourself not standing in a worship hall in Horsham, but standing before the throne of God in heaven. That you're actually joining with the whole host of heaven that is proclaiming his holiness and his glory all the time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.